When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, and who, sir, are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Freddie, we're heading to game six. How are you feeling? I'm feeling absolutely wonderful. Me and you will be going to the game. That's right. So that's exciting. Huge. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if anyone's uh, just like tuning in for the first time or coming back, thank you to both parties we are uh, like a raptors i want to say like fanatic podcast we're we're hardcore fans performers we have yeah. analysts on you know we got we got all types but you just got to be like a hardcore raptors and or nba fan so uh yeah thanks for yeah. joining us i mean speaking of how hardcore we are fred last night during the game i double booked an appointment during the game for a massage therapy session. Like I did this like months ago and then I, you know, I got too busy and I was like, I just got to go and I got to figure out how to watch the game halfway through whatever I get to the massage therapist. She's waiting on the stairs. She goes, what are you doing here? It's winter. Go home. Wow. She sent me home. (laughs) Amazing. I I wasn't sure like waiting on the stairs. Sorry. Yeah. It's in a house. I should say that it's in a house, but she was waiting. She's like, no, go home. I don't know why I went straight to um, like saving private Ryan. Like the, the woman's like washing the dishes and the general shows up. Oh God. Literally sad. Okay. Sad moment. Let's uh, let's move on from that sadness. But um, yeah, again, yeah, we're, we are absolute hardcore. Thank you all for joining us. Um, and I think uh, we're probably going to hop right to it. Yeah. But uh, let me just say, I've, you know, been saying off the, the top of the episodes, uh, ever since, but uh, if you don't know anything about the Brittany Griner situation, uh, make sure you inform yourself. It's uh, very disheartening and and awful, and I think it's something that we all need to engage with. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now, but um, yeah, take some time to familiarize yourself, and uh, if you can advocate in any way, please do so. Uh, it's a horrible situation that hopefully is resolved sooner rather than later, uh, but. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for this show. So let's kind of dive right in. And uh, I'll intro guest number one. Uh, she's been on this podcast a bunch of times. Uh, she's definitely like an, uh, an OG of this podcast, but is also, you know, all over the place. Uh, whether it's like Uproxx, Dishes and Dimes, Yahoo, uh, Raptors.com, Basketball Feelings, The Daily Beast. She's 
you know, yeah, she's amazing. You should know her if you're in Raptors land at all. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Katie Heindel. <laughs> I was wondering if I would still get my song. Of course. Sick, sick new intro, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and that song's still weird and it's still great so super weird (laughs) (laughs) um we had kyle brickman on uh from raptors republic last week and we really built up the music portion and he was like i think that's just royalty free music (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i it's so the continuity of that song you know it like takes me back to other times that we've done the show to like when we've all actually been in person together doing Mm -hmm. the show like it it is really um, disorienting because it will time travel me. I guess I should say. Okay, but, I, like I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, back to the uh, the, the junction, uh, Maddie D's place. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's let's bring on guest number two because uh, I want to start talking Raptors ball as soon as we can. Uh, she's incredible, uh, comedian, writer, podcaster. Uh, you know, from Son of a Critch or Run the Burbs or. This hour is 22 minutes. Incredible stand-up as well. Also runs my uh, WNBA podcast with me, The Pickup. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Catherine Niker. too but then uh, oh, i waved totally. to katie so i was like i'll wave to Catherine too oh, then, oh wasn't oh very God. fancy we really, we really messed that up um freddie thank you so much for shouting out all my credits except for the buckets and tea nba podcast Ooh. also on raptors republic but it's fine i love this so much um also i just want to give a quick shout out to the new video intro mm-hmm. really loved it um Oh, it does say like Bobby Webster and then Adam Silver as if they are the stars of this podcast. Yeah. And we're just the actors that get credits yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to them joining us later. <laughs> yeah, no, we, you know, Matt goes hard on the Bobby Webster, Adam Silver stuff. Uh, but it's 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 an inside joke for the fans that have been here for a long time. Anyone new is totally confused. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I like it. <laughs> but I mean, if anything, it just encourages people to check it out on YouTube, and then you'll mm-hmm. see uh, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, um, you'll, you'll see that Bobby Webster never does the show. <laughs> never say but never. Never say never. Oh, what? Like honestly, mm-hmm. like just goals, you know? Totally. I'll be that like Bobby. Be cool. I, M- Matt. Matt could do uh, lit- at least a, a one-hour interview mm-hmm. with his favorite Bobby Webster. I'm pretty certain. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where to riff. What direction to riff in? But uh, I was just going to say, get that man some nice coffee, and I think that's like a start, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably. Um, okay, let's let's get right into this, uh, Matty D. Good sir, give me your your most delicious Raptors sting. Linda, we are selling the restaurant and I'm opening a sort of shawarma at the Scotiabank Arena. Okay. <laughs> the inside jokes, I keep coming. <laughs> Let wow. me just try and unpack that one quickly. So, <laughs> sort of shawarma, I'm in, I'm into that. Uh, I believe that is it the voice actor, Ben, or he's a, a comedian. What's that guy's name? H. John Benjamin. 
H. John Benjamin. Yeah. Was it him? Well, yeah, it was actually Bob from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, it's Bob's Burgers. <laughs> right. Uh, I've never seen Bob's Burgers. Oh, apologies. Me neither, Freddie. Oh, but, uh, God. H. John Benjamin has a van. I have seen. You know what? He's also the voice of Archer. That's true. From the show Archer, Never which is that. actually how I know his voice more. And then it's like, oh, he's also Bob's Burgers. And then they did like a weird like mashup at one point. Hmm. That's just like 2010s uh, programming <laughs> future nostalgia. H. John in the mix. He'll be joining us later. He'll <laughs> um, tell us what the H stands for. Like, hello. That's our only question for him. Yeah. Um, does H stand for Hello. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, listen, sometimes my jokes are bad and I know it before other people. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with you, Catherine. Uh, so just kind of like plainly, can the Raptors do this thing? Uh, and if they can, you know, come back and win uh, first time in NBA history. What's the path? Like, what does that sort of look like? Um, yeah, look, I mean, I think if any team can come back, it, it's us at this point. Um, yeah, you know, like after the game three loss, like I definitely had a moment uh, on my show last week where I was definitely kind of like somewhat grieving the series. There's something very you know, finale in a way it felt like, mm -hmm. but then, you know, the next day, like on, on Friday, you know, you start getting into the press conferences and, you know, our good buddy, Nick nurse, he's not our friend. And anyway, our <laughs> good old Nick nurse, he's like, you know, sure. It hasn't been done before, but you just got to win one game and then it's three, one. And, and then that's been done before. And I was like, you know what, there's just a, a level of optimism on this team that I really buy into. And, and they're proving it now winning the last two, they they've made the adjustments. And also like this team feels really different than the team we actually started this series with, like mm -hmm. having Fred, you know, but then not having Scotty and not having a 100% Gary Trent Jr. You know, I, I just feel like there's been a huge shift in, in the actual roster, but also every game, if you really look at it, we've actually improved like as terrible as game one and two were and like game two, I think I left, during the storm in the middle of the third quarter to buy ice cream. Like I just couldn't even handle it anymore. Um, but we've improved care. Self care. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but we've actually improved every single game and like game three, we lost, but we barely lost it. So the momentum is absolutely in our favor. Um, Doc Rivers has his demons and, you know, all of that. So, you know, we'll see how, how that plays out, but absolutely. I think we can do it as far as our path. Um, you know, I think I might leave that to the expert Katie because I don't know uh, if we need to make any further adjustments at this point or if we're good rolling it as we are. But I'm really happy with where we're at right now. Yeah, I think, you know, good good points all around. We have been sort of improving as the series went along. Um, you know, this is a four or five matchup. A lot of people pick the Raptors to win. So there's the, the team's good. And I think with with. Gary being sick with Fred being injured, obviously Scotty getting injured in the first game, but for me more so those two um, not being able to stop the ball uh, allowed Maxi and, and Harris to kind of like go off a bit. And then I think tactically giving Harden too much attention earlier uh, in the series 
was sort of like it, it made this series look like, oh, wait a second. We were all wrong. Philly's way better than us. And then now that's a kind of corrected. And, you know, I'm not really here to, you know, entertain any like we're better without Fred stuff, which is just, I don't know. The Raptors insecurity is frustrating to me, but like even the, uh, you know, Siakam's not good stuff earlier in the series is frustrating. But yeah, I, I think we are, you know, as you were saying, like, there, there's like joy to this team and kind of like a, a happiness and like I'll even add like I think there's a relentlessness to this team mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if that's youth or culture or determination or whatever but um well, yeah let's let's throw to Katie like okay, Katie what do you think um yeah do you think it's possible and um or, or plausible and and what's the path if they play exactly like they played <laughs> in that last game uh and do everything the way that they did and the Sixers also <laughs> play like they played mm-hmm. <laughs> then yeah it's possible but I mean sometimes I remind myself that that's also just the playoffs right is is everything is narrowed and everything becomes so much more specific and everything has to be perfect to a certain degree like all stars need to align um in a in a cosmic sense in a roster sense. Um, but I think the Raptors relaxed a lot more. Like that's the thing that struck out that stuck out to me rather with the last game is how, um, mature of a team they were like the win. I even didn't feel like so jazzed after the win because it just felt like they won the game. They Mm -hmm. went out there and like they did what they were supposed to. It was a very like uh, mature team win to me, which I thought was interesting. And I thought that kind of poise was definitely lacking in the last few games. I think you saw it a little bit on Saturday uh, in Toronto. Um, and I, and I was pretty heartened by it though. I honestly couldn't tell you at the end of that game, which way it was going. Whereas last night's game seemed pretty clear to me why I'd say halfway through the third, of course, I'm a, like, as a Raptors fan, you're still nervous. Like mm-hmm. when the Sixers fans were leaving with three minutes to go, I was like, <laughs> obviously none of these people have watched the Raptors like through the regular season. Like that's plenty of time. I know. To still blow yeah. up. Or just uh, watch I, basketball. Like yeah, honestly. Yeah. It's all, yeah. You like paid for those seats. So you just want to chill. But um, anyway, I thought it, it was good. I don't think it speaks to like the team being better or worse without Fred Van Vliet. Um, I think they adapted like they necessarily adapted. I also think there's a lot to be said for the things that you're not hearing of how like Fred was obviously coaching the team mm-hmm. and I'm sure making adjustments and getting in his teammates ear. Uh, he was like standing at the sideline the whole game. So I'm sure that the way that they were handling themselves also had a lot of input from Fred watching from that other perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think you can really take that for granted. I think Gary's looked phenomenal. I think precious Achua looked incredible. Um, and I think that Freddie to note what you said about putting too much pressure on hard Harden, I think the Raptors have also learned that when they put a lot of pressure on Joel Embiid, he still kind of withers mm-hmm. under that pressure and gets really annoyed. I uh, get super frustrated. And I think the Raptors should absolutely capitalize on that if they want to win, you know, the, the, these next two, two games, right? Yeah. Two games. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I, but I think, it's like a one game at a time, obviously. And I, I know people say that a lot and that term gets used a lot, but it's really difficult to think of like how many they have to win uphill still uh, with like really no room for error. But the only way you can do that is actually just play one game at a time. But I'm hopeful like to come back to Toronto, you know, and like hopefully play with the same cool headedness 
uh, that they did in Philly. And then you've got to close it out in Philly, which is, you know, we'll get there when we get there. But mm-hmm. so far, like, yeah, I think everybody's looking good. Definitely to Catherine's point, like more improved than they were uh, when they started the series. For sure. And, you know, I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll, like like lots of good points. And like, I want to highlight the, the Embiid thing. I feel like, sure, there's the, the antics between like, you know, him, you know, telling nurse not to complain about the refs and then complaining himself sort of thing. But I think like bothering Embiid, like that might be the main sort of like current mm-hmm. that is going to like charge this, you know, a potentially historic thing because I think you can, you can annoy him. You can kind of like wear him down. And I, I feel like there's a lot of focus on his thumb injury and, and his physicality, but to me, and I've always felt this with, with superstars in general, like, you know, people will say like, Oh, they gave up or they quit or whatever. And there's not a lot, there's not enough um, talk in my opinion about like mental fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just, frustrating like you know game one to me was really disappointing but even in game two you know you started to see glimpses like for me Boucher has been someone in this series who you know he might not get major credit but he's attacked Embiid driven right at him and he's kind of like after that like he got a bunch of fouls in in game one he's sort of he's been composed and I feel like he's been you know he's been kind of like he's an example to me of the energy of of this squad and sort of like what's so, what what makes the Raptors so frustrating to play against, and be or uh, Boucher just like he's fearless and he, he he attacks and yeah I mean watching Precious sort of I I just I tweeted out that I feel like we're watching someone like understand the Matrix like before our very <laughs> eyes like it's it's insane to me like you know. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of like, I don't know if he hit any long range shots, but he took a couple. And then after he took a couple, people are wary that he's going to shoot or hit them. Mm -hmm. And he's doing a pump fake and then using that to get all the way to the basket. And, you know, for me, part of the path is I'm hoping there is a game where the Raptors can shoot well from three. Maybe that's just like not, we don't have enough spacing to do it, but I don't know. I think there's a game where Precious could shoot off from three or, or Boucher or, you know, uh, OG for sure. Um, Pascal as well. Like there could be like, oh my goodness, like Raptors shoot like 35% or 40% from three game and it's a full blowout. So I think that is, there's a potential for that. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, it's all about kind of like keeping composure and and keeping the enthusiasm and and also believing that like, you know, the whole house money thing. It's like, well, either you believe that or you're kind of just saying that. And I feel like if, if it's a true belief, then you're sort of just having fun out there. And yeah, the more you have fun, the uh, more the other team's going to not have fun. <laughs> That's uh, maybe an oversimplification, but it, it seems like the Sixers have been more so bothered by losses than, than the Raptors have. I think, well, I think they didn't, you win like three in a row. They, I think they kind of assumed the series was going to end a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that changed. Like, uh, granted, I also think that they'll have adapted and they'll have gotten their feet under them more for this game too, understanding what it means to try and close out a series. Yeah, um, They're going to want to close out the series in Toronto and obviously Toronto's not going to want that to happen. So 
I think there'll be some adjustments. I mean, you could talk a lot about Doc Rivers' tactical adjustments or maybe lack thereof mm-hmm. tactical adjustments. But um, I think if they, again, just like kind of keep on hitting everything that they have been, Freddie, like the point about Boucher was good. I think last night I was watching the game and I just thought like, He's so good because he's so unpredictable. Yeah. Like sometimes you get really frustrated at Chris Boucher because he's just out there flying everywhere, like flailing, tumbling, like doing like acrobatic tumbles into the mm-hmm. audience. But there is a certain element that, or, or like an edge that that gives the Raptors because it's like, where's this guy going next? You know, like, yeah, I assume the Raptors know. Sometimes I don't think they do, but definitely the <laughs> Sixers don't know. And because I like watching Maxi, like I was more worried about Matisse Tybel, and he was kind of a non-starter mm-hmm. uh, last night. But like Tyrese Maxi is really tough, really tough to guard because he's so quick and acrobatic and super athletic. So I think that you you put someone like Boucher on him, it, if he can't necessarily guard him, then at least he can, you know, sort of like trade these weird little stunts with him. But I would be more worried now about containing Maxi, honestly, than containing Embiid because there was a play last night too when they triple, when they like triple teamed Embiid and he just crumpled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think someone got fouled. I think uh, Gary got fouled because he like knocked his wrists or something. But if it wasn't for that, they would have just turned the ball over and I think left Embiid just like on the floor. So I don't know if the spirit is like breaking <laughs> in the Sixers, but it doesn't look great. Yeah, it doesn't look great. I feel like, you know, it's obviously been talked about a lot, but like having your fans like, I don't know, like boo you in uh, in the second quarter, maybe even as uh, that's just it's wild. Like I'm not exactly accustomed to that. And, And maybe like there's a there's a keener part to Raptors fans. But like, yeah, one of my favorite moments as a Raptors fan is chanting let's go Raptors after we lost in six to the Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. but it just felt like I don't know there was like true respect and and love there and I feel like yeah there's a certain conditional element to the for the Philly fans like it also seemed like they were booing Matisse Seibel like pretty quickly <laughs> so mm-hmm. that, that's a, that's a tough tightrope to walk if your own fans are uh you know quick to judge mm-hmm but um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna stick with you, Katie. And uh, th- this is a, like a classic Freddie convoluted question. <laughs> but you know, okay, Vision Six Nine is this idea that all the Raptors are six nine or close to. Uh, and um, I just want you to kind of like rank like from from you know zero being like this is a bad idea and I don't really like the style to ten being like this is gonna take over the league. Um, where, where are you at with like, well, what do you think about this style? Are you like, yeah, it's okay, but we need a center still, or mm-hmm. we need a backup PG or what have you like, not just a series. Um, because I think it's a transitional style by nature. Um, and it's not, we haven't really seen it in its fully realized form yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go eight. Um, I don't think it can also be. And this isn't doesn't mean that it's a bad idea. It's just that it would be difficult to implement it league wide because you need such a specific type of player mm-hmm. and um, like a physical type of player. And they don't necessarily one. I think the Raptors are capitalized on that type of player. Yeah. Um, but like that skill set and that body type it's not that like they exist everywhere in the league. Um, and also to just like be able to put them together and ask them to play. That's an anomaly too. 
So I don't think it actually can be adapted by the league entirely, which works to the Raptors advantage because it is a copycat league. But mm-hmm. when you can't actually copy this, because also I think some teams are like, this isn't going to work. So why do we want to copy this? Or like, we'll believe it, you know, when we see it, right. but the flashes are there. Um, I think you and I have talked before about whether or not the, the team actually needs a true center. I think it would be a bit foolish now to invest in one because then to me, you're sort of throwing away the blueprint and the progress that you've made mm-hmm. up to now uh, out the window a little bit. Um, I think there definitely are some other adjustments you can make in the off season, not to get too far out of ourselves, but I don't think it's necessarily what you need to do to like go out and grab a center that doesn't fit. Um, you know, I, like, I hate to, harp on Kim Birch, but Mm -hmm. he's the closest thing the team has right now to a center and his functionality hasn't actually improved much like in that position, you know, like I've seen Boucher um, and Achua be able to grab more offensive rebounds than Kim can really pull down. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to talk about like a purely defensive player, I know they're probably not going to hang on to Yuta Watanabe, but like his defensive prowess, I know his shooting's not there, but like his defensive prowess is phenomenal. Like you saw it a little bit in like kind of the garbage time minutes thus far in the series, but he can grab rebounds and he can post up where you need him to be. Um, So I think if, you know, like you want a center, you still have to have someone in a perfect world who has the strength and the size, but also the versatility to shift, you know, like maybe go to the four if you need that. But Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I like the vision. (laughs) I'm, I'm with it for now. Mm -hmm. The playoffs are like a good time to test and see what happens. Um, considering the fact that no one even thought the Raptors would be here at the beginning of the season. I think again, that's more proof to this working, (laughs) Uh, and it's it's like fun to experiment too. Finally, I think right. Totally. Like you see so much of the same thing in the NBA that why not actually try something? And I respect uh, the Raptors and Masai and Bobby for wanting to give that a shot. Nick too for like the being able to coach for sure know, to coach that roster. But yeah, like I don't really want them to give it up because also now the roster isn't. Um, I don't really know what else they would do. I know it's like it's like yeah, they've, they've invested in this for I sure. I feel like yeah, they're I feel like they're in it. You know, I think they're in it for the long long-ish haul. Um yeah, I'm, you know, a million great points and I'm and I'm with you. I'm like an 8 or 9 on this team. I think if we did get a center um it would have to be someone who who fit this sort of style. Mm-hmm. Um otherwise, I don't know, I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity for guys that aren't even playing like 35 minutes a game um, who deserve it on this roster. And, and yeah, I mean, I hope we hang on to, to, to Utah because I feel like he, when I look at the bench, he's, he's probably the guy I think who could slot in the most um, for, for like exactly what this team does. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, he's, he's at least shown glimpses of being a pretty ready uh, or willing shooter. Um, I feel like he, he definitely is, timid sometimes offensively but you know if you kind of if if he's able to be coached to a certain point where it's like hey man like you can shoot like just feel free to like let it fly like you know like sort of what precious and boucher they seem like they're in this nice zone of Mm -hmm. even thaddeus young you know i feel like he's someone who came from the spurs we didn't even talk about thad's like the secret weapon of thad well and thad last two games he kind of like he to me is almost like, you know, uh, obviously this isn't like a 2019 championship, like 
you know, world beating type of team, but he, he's sort of like, he's bringing a Marcus Gasol vibe to this team, in my opinion, where he's kind of yeah. like, I, I fit already what you, what it is you do. And I've been doing it on my, not on my own, but like elsewhere for a long time. And uh, I'm going to incorporate myself like, you know, pretty smoothly. Um, yeah. Catherine, what's up? Well, what do you think about, what do we think about vision six, nine? Um, is it something that can, work like beyond this series like is the playoff a good stress test for it well first of all kudos to you for creating vision six nine <laughs> uh, oh it's not mine i don't think i made it up who but, made it up someone did i've seen it i've seen it around too it's, it's really buzz, i feel like i haven't seen this i thought this was all you no mine that i'm trying to push is scotty magic Oh yeah, I've enjoyed that. That's too. mine. You I've know. been supporting Scotty Magic. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, okay. You're like now that's not yours. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know what to say. No, I think like right now on this current day on Tuesday, April 26th, and I say that because I could change my mind. Right now, I'm probably going to rank it a seven. Okay, so I'm a, I'm not quite as hot on it uh, as you two are, but I will say like look like we've obviously overachieved this year we can say that you know we figured out rotations i guess nick nurse figured out a way to teach everybody every play from every vantage point which is pretty phenomenal but also give the players credit for actually executing that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i think all that's really great but when i think about like you know is this team gonna win a championship or what it would take for this type of you know, all six, nine lineup to win a championship. I don't think it's impossible, but in my mind, I feel like you at the five, ideally you would have like a Draymond green, like player and like defender. Cause like watching him in this series against the nuggets. I mean, there are moments where you're like, this is just a straight up masterclass Mm -hmm. in, in defense right now. Like he has been phenomenal in that series. And I think when you think about like what it would take to, to fully, fully win a championship, I think you would need defense at the five at that level. And I don't know if this iteration of the Raptors really has that. So it's like, I, I I'm happy with how we've done so far and I'm happy that we've overachieved and that being fifth in the East is, Messiah's version of a rebuild like all of that is like pretty incredible but when I think about becoming a championship team I don't know if we're we're quite there but I do think what we're doing this year has been really experimental and really fun and successful and um you know in terms of running it back it's kind of like sure why not because like I don't know who else is out there like I don't think there's like a Jarrett Allen type center that's like realistically available for any sort of trade. So it's like, I don't know Mm -hmm. who we would get in place of anybody we have. Um, I've been really impressed with precious Achua's growth post all-star break. Um, I think that's been a huge difference maker for us. Um, I'm not as high on Ken Birch as I think other people are. And I don't want to, you know, I don't like slandering or disrespecting anybody, but I just think like, we might need somebody stronger in that position and able for us to move forward. But yeah, that that's how I feel right now. I, I would give it a seven. Um, yeah. I mean, again, so many good points and, and, and well said, and I think I'll jump on the Draymond thing. That is a, that is a really good comparison. Cause I feel like he, 
you know, with, yeah, with all the center talk around the Raptors all year, there's sort of this unacknowledged part to me anyways, which is that some of the best centers in NBA history are six, eight, um, you know, whether it's like Ben Wallace or Draymond green. And I think people really focus on, you know, protecting the rim directly like Rudy Gobert style. Yeah. But there's protecting space and there's like exploding pick and rolls and there's being intelligent on the court, uh, you know, and thinking quickly and, and Draymond is that all of the time. And I think, you know, all the warriors dynasties, right? Like they, obviously they would start kind of with a nominal center, but then it would drift into a place where Draymond's the center. And if teams tried to back them down or bully them, then they were kind of playing into the Warriors trap and I'll go like, I'll I'll take that a bit further. And I think part of the reason I'm like an eight or a nine on this is I I think that the Raptors have all the players they need to win a championship. Um, Not necessarily this year, but when I look at, uh, you know, Barnes, I I don't see why Barnes can't become Draymond on on defense. Like I just don't, I feel like he's strong enough. He's fast enough. He's smart enough. He's got that long wingspan. He's got the wingspan. He can pass like Draymond, if not better. Um, I mean, I'll hold hold on that a little bit because Draymond is, you know, incredible. But I mean, you know, at least as a rookie, he's showing signs of of that. Uh, And yeah, I mean, interesting points about Birch. I feel like for me, Birch is like an important part of this team, but perhaps not like a core guy like I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Like, I feel he is really good. He's also had like a very unlucky year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a fair, uh, you know, thing to say, but sometimes players are unlucky. And he said quite a bit happened to him that I'm not sure is like a, a thing that will happen every year. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really exciting. And like, you know, back to Katie's point too, like, I think it's fun to have a team that's like trying something different and, I mean, I'm all I'm all in in that regard alone. Like it's I think it's cool to be doing something different. For and, sure. You know, being a being a unique place in Toronto in the league and just be like, fine, you know what? We're gonna be super international. Uh, all of our players have wildly long arms. And in a pace and space era, we're going to like I think I was saying this uh maybe two episodes ago, but I think the Raptors are playing into the, like the new rebound radius of, of the NBA, like, you know, like rebounds are going, you know, less, more horizontal and less vertical. And, you, you know, they're not going so high, they're going far. So I feel like we're able to rip down those rebounds when mm-hmm. we have so much activity and you guys like Boucher and Precious and OG as well. And um, yeah, it's a, it's pretty exciting times. But I think uh, um, I do think the last thing I do want to say uh, is I don't know that they're championship ready only because I don't think the depth is there. And yeah. I think that's still yep. one of their main problems, um, whether or not like you want to remedy that with getting a more like Draymond like center. Uh, I still think the fact that like you saw it in last night's game um no one can sit right like you can't afford anything to like anything to happen to anybody else because unfortunately like just the the bench we don't really have a bench like the bench Mm -hmm. isn't there you know like Svi, Myla, like Utah um like they had some they had some great flashes I think earlier in the season Utah had a lot of injuries like he also had kind of a bad luck season Mm -hmm. um Svi 
I don't know. He was one of those guys that Nick Nurse was like high on and then decided he never wanted to hear from again. I guess. Seriously. Like, that yeah. Can happen. yeah. Um, Delano will, I think he'll get there. He's yeah. not there yet. Like he's still such a green, you know, yeah. like explosive, explosive good. And like we were saying about Boucher, Boucher can sometimes just be an explosive, like falling down all over the place kind of, yeah. kind of player. Um, but I think he'll get there, but yeah, like I, you know, you think of the bench mob kind of era when you could, toss in your bench unit when you know a guy like Embiid was sitting and like not just win those minutes but like cannibalize those minutes um and Toronto doesn't really have that right now and you're not going to get very far in the playoffs right where every series can go you know can and usually does go six or seven right mm-hmm. um especially like getting down down the stretch like past the like the early stages where we're at now um so I think that's that's kind of one thing that they yeah. still need to work on or they should work on this off season. And I think also like I, I like one, one point I wanted to add too, is I feel like IQ um, and just like experience is going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you like, let's, this is obviously presumptuous, but you know, let's say we play a team like Miami, I think, or, or Boston, like I feel, or, or Milwaukee. Uh, mm-hmm. I think all those teams move the ball just at such a level that Philly does not do. And there are, there were a couple of plays even last night where Philly moved the ball really well. And it's like, this is how you beat the Raptors. Mm-hmm. You, you, you use their aggression against them. And you, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like the depth is going to matter. You play a team like Miami and the Max Struces and the Gabe Vincents are like, they're ready, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and even if they're in there for 15 minutes, like they know what they're doing and they're focused. And it's just like, it's a type of locked in attitude. I feel like you generally get from veteran teams. But uh, yeah, the Raptors are not veteran yet, and and me saying like I think that they're the the championship, you know, is within this team is sort of like, well, what I also mean is that, you know, there might be a summer or two of like uh, improving shooting and ball handling, and like they, I, I think there's still a lot of internal improvement needed. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk some NBA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Maddie, my dude, would you please give me your most, I don't know, weird NBA sting? I bought Twitter. Yes, Grimes helped. But I did it only to talk some NBA. Okay. Was that Elon? Yeah. Yes, he bought Twitter and Grimes helped. Oh, was that was that Grimes and Elon? No, that was just him. But he did shout out Grimes that she did also pitch in on the Twitter purchase. Oh, huge! Thanks, Grimes. Like financially? Yeah, she bought a couple of shares. Oh my god! It's only fifty-two bucks. Fifty-two bucks a share. She could do at least two. They're really just getting ready to go to space. Those two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. saying goodbye to this world. Totally. She'll. Uh... <laughs> Maybe bring Montreal with her. I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to whatever website you found, Matt. Uh, 
<laughs> it, it keeps giving. And uh, wait, I don't did know. Elon say he bought Twitter so he could talk about the NBA? Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's what he said. He said that's he what- could talk about the NBA for free. Like I'm sure even they'd have him on NBA on TNT. But now we'll have a proper we'll have digital him, town on- square to talk oh. NBA. I'll have him on buckets and tea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think he might be purchasing Raptors Republic. I'm not sure if that's his next move. Um, If it's like a forceful takeover, but. uh, Flattered by the investment. (laughs) Who do you think Elon roots for? The Warriors? Um, I feel like. That's a good one. That's a good question. Close to Silicon uh, Valley. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, Yeah. probably the Warriors. Yeah. you know, it's going to be something weird because he's, he's, he's not always... such like an efficiency nerd, but he because he's like loves chaos, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Raptors. No. Where does his, yeah. where does his uh, <laughs> rockets shoot from? Is it from like Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could be a Houston fan. I mean, he, yeah. could buy, he really buy the rockets. Yeah. yeah. They're always bragging about their no state taxes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He's probably down with that. He's like. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna buy every rocket in the world, and then I'm gonna buy the rockets. Um, then I'll attend the games. I don't know where that. that in happens. that order. In yeah. that order. Um, okay, like a, a little bit of a serious setup, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping to take this to a silly place. So, uh, Glenn Taylor, owner of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, has um, you know been. I guess made more famous in a way that I'm assuming he doesn't like. Uh, there's been three fairly, I, I don't know if high profile is the right word, but there's been some pretty like strategic, interesting protesting going on. And I was saying before the, uh, before the pod, I'm very pro protest. Uh, but yeah, these have been, I don't know, d- dramatic in a way that I think the NBA hasn't seen in some time. Um, so he, I guess is an investor in, I'm not sure if it's like a, if it's factory farms or some big company, but uh, there's a bird flu in in Iowa, and uh, uh, they needed to, I guess, exterminate a certain amount of millions, the, millions of chickens, yeah, millions of chickens. Um, thanks for chiming in, Matt. <laughs> You're like Freddie is a wandering, <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. So I don't know. I guess it was done in an unethical way. Um, and uh, yeah, so so the protests, I, I think they started even in the play-in, perhaps. But um, the first one I saw was uh, a woman glued her arm or attempted to glue her arm to the court. So that was one. Oh, my God. Uh, the second one was a, a, a different woman chained herself to the net. Um, and the third one was uh, two women sitting courtside dressed like referees uh, I'm, just, I'm not sure if they were both both dressed like referees, but uh, they they I guess went over to to Glenn Taylor and tried to like tech him out of the game, sort of thing. And oh that one was God. more it was it was more of a violent uh, uh, like this. It was a very it looked like a violent scenario. I hope that everyone okay is uh, involved is okay. But uh, it just got it got my brain rolling. Like if if you were to protest uh, a game. Yeah. Um, how would you do it? Uh, I want to. I, I want to see what creativity we can come up with, uh, and I think it will be a, a little bit silly, uh, even if it's you know like for for a serious reason. Um, let's, uh, Katie. Can I go to you first? Sure. Is this is this too weird? Should I go? <laughs> no, I have to say. I also have to say. I was laughing, not 
when you were saying someone was maybe getting hurt, I was laughing because I think that's pretty clever to like go in and try and tech up. Yeah. Well, that's see, yeah. see, this is where the like this is where the energy for this question is coming from. Like, I'm impressed with with these protesters. Like, yeah. they're, they're in my opinion, they're three for three. Like, I mean, they, I'm, they make yeah. the news. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm all for. Uh, I also will say uh, kudos to to Pat Bev, who I think with the woman who glued her hand, he was the only one who went over when that was happening. And when she was getting pulled away by security and he was like you, to the security guard, he was like, you should relax because I think they're getting kind of rough with the protester. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, Pat Bev. Um, yeah. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Pat. Agent of chaos himself. <laughs> yeah. He gets it. <laughs> There's a lot there are if like we're going to go all in on evil um, owners, then, you know, I, I think just about all of them probably mm-hmm. yeah. are involved in some pretty nefarious uh, shit, you know, whether Certainly. that's even just where their investments and their dollars go. So I'm all for protests. I think like sports uh, has a long and very like rich history with protesting that have has become a little bit watered down, I'd say. Um, totally agree. So it's a bit heartening, you know, honestly, to see. And it kind of sucks because you also have people, I think, making fun of these protesters, um, whether that's because they're women, whether that's because you're not necessarily used to seeing this within the NBA space, whether that's also because I think animal rights protests get a certain, I don't know if there's like a hierarchy of causes, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say this in a polite way. It attracts a certain kind of person. <laughs> Yeah. Who maybe yeah. protest in a certain kind of way, like a yeah. wackier. <laughs> it's a bit like zany. Catherine and knows what I'm saying. People like to trivialize. You know what I think? Yeah. This is this is an intensely Canadian, but I always think of Elizabeth May, our girl Liz, uh, who whenever <laughs> oh she God, showed yeah. up to a yeah. leaders debate, you were always like, Liz, are you wasted? But 100%. I like the so I like the energy of it, you know, because yes. and I I miss it now when they have those debates. It's like get Liz back, in here, man. <laughs> yeah. shake it up a bit. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think what I would protest. Uh, I might. I don't know. I think I'd want to involve uh, the T-shirt cannon. Oh, okay. If I hijack the T-shirt cannon, oh, that's good. And fill it with. Paint, sort of. I was sort gonna of say water balloons, but you could do paint, paint balloons. Sure. Uh, oh, like you're just firing into the crowd, just like like. I don't. But then I don't hit all the NBA. I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Fill it with the uh, the goop from the hit Canadian show. Uh oh. Oh yeah, you could. Oh slime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Slime. Actually, I'd show. be into Thanks. sliming people because you get. You know, you've got the people up in the rafters. I always see this when I'm at Raptors games up in the media seats, and you see when they drop the parachutes down, and the poor people that have to go up, way up into the like beams and the walkways up there mm-hmm. and drop the little parachutes. You could slime people from up there, but I would Ooh, probably try cool. and slime the court so I'm not hurting anyone because <laughs> you could probably kill someone yeah. if you're sliming them from that height. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. I'd probably want to do like an abstract uh, protest, you know, maybe a nod to um, contemporary art. Uh, Thank you. I yeah, you performance. Were gonna go performance. <laughs> I thought you were going to go through the strategy up? without saying your cause. <laughs> I don't. I I'm, see. I'm also uh, buying myself some time to think of a cause. But oh, sorry, I, I haven't have really said, thought of one. We don't have to have a, a specific cause. My, maybe mine would just be chaos. My cause is chaos. <laughs> sure. Okay, so but not I mean, in a jokerified way. 
I like that quite a bit. Um, that is wild. That's okay. Yeah, slime cannons. You're you're you're, you're dealing with like the fan experience, but it's like guess I what? would Shit never go to a game again if people were <laughs> randomly being slime. Well, hey, that would be effective, right? It's like, oh, I want to go to this. You game, would have but to like, give me section one hundred three. I would. Slime. I would need the, the best shower cap. Like I. Just the idea of no, you all that slime in my hair, I couldn't <laughs> handle that. And, and Catherine this, shows up with one of those umbrella things on your mane? head. Or no they're like, way. wait, why is everybody in section 108 have on full hazmat suits? What do they know that we don't? <laughs> Katie's in the house. <laughs> um, that's okay, incredible. this is good. Catherine, what's up? What's your... I mean, I love how you brought you were like, let's bring up this very serious political situation that's (laughs) happening around the NBA. Let's not address our feelings about it at all. And instead, yeah, a bit of a misdirection. Our own I mean, I did give a kudos to sports protests. Yeah. No, yeah. you did, yeah. you did, yeah. you did, Katie. But I did. thankfully, Katie quickly. did because I wasn't yeah. going to. Totally did. Um, this is incredible. I mean, first of all, like. I will give my thoughts on this, on this protest. I did this a little bit on my podcast. Like I I think, look, I I don't, uh, you know, factory farming is not good. And I think there's something to be said for us caring a bit more about factory farming. Mm -hmm. Um, With that being said, you know, and the reason why something like a bird flu outbreak happens is because of unsanitary conditions Mm -hmm. at a farm, same with swine Mm -hmm. flu, same with mad cow. So it's like, I, like, I get that. But once you know the bird flu is there, you have you have to you have to exterminate all the chickens so people don't get bird flu. Like we don't need another pandemic right now. So I mean, or other chickens, or other chickens, future chickens, yeah. or future chickens. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't like- want a second pandemic. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like also like glue is made out of animal parts. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Damn it, horses! Oh, yeah, the glue, the glue person. Well, you know oh, what I mean. It's gee. like whatever. So it was just like that. I didn't understand that. To me, was hilarious. Um, a vegan and glue in a protest, and then uh, I think Foise and I shout out were were joking about how that's why the glue didn't work because it was vegan glue. But anyway, <laughs> maybe it um, it's just like, but I, you know, give them credit because it's working. Right. Totally. It's working. And and I think it's a really it's actually a very complex issue because, yes, like I don't like factory farming is wrong, but it would also increase the cost of food. And then it's like, are we at a point in society right now where we could actually afford an increase in the cost of food? Because that would hurt, you know, that would hurt people who are lower income and marginalized in other ways. And so it's just like, it's a highly complex issue, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's interesting to me that they're, that it's getting attention. It's an, it's important. I don't think people should completely laugh it off. Although I do think some of the strategies are wild, like, like the glue and the giving the time out. Like these are proper stunts. I know that's like, yeah, proper, like, Hollywood stunts like it's it's pretty wild so that much I have I'm definitely laughing and enjoying (laughs) but uh yeah it it is a a serious issue that deserves attention um 
what would my protest be? You know, I, I don't know. I'm really liking uh, Katie's idea of hijacking the T-shirt guns. Mm-hmm. But what? But instead of shooting out like uh, water balloons or slime or paint for I actually I was thinking this. This is actually a serious answer. What if it was like Britney Griner jerseys or T-shirts? Like, wouldn't that be cool? That'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. Also, like as a Canadian who's in Canada, if you try to order WNBA merch from WNBA.com, it's like really expensive. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sucks. Because it's like not only do you have to like have the actual like US to Canadian conversion, there's like all these extra like fees that I don't like crossing the border fees that I don't really understand. Um, and delivery slow, okay? My my Rachel Dolson T-shirt has not showed up. Oh my god! I was ordered a long. Where time. did you get the T-shirt from? From WBA. Uh, oh, that's nice. I was like, you could get a Rachel Dolson T-shirt from somewhere else, probably. <laughs> I well, but, uh, or make it custom, custom support local. Anyway, um, I just thought, uh, like, oh yeah, it would be cool to do something to support Brittany Griner during the games. It's very relevant, but mm-hmm. also there's reasons why people have. Well, reasons I don't understand, but people have been told to be quiet about it. So there's that. But yeah, for me, that would be that would be my current cause and my current way of of doing it. Cool. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm into it. Um, I don't I can't imagine myself running onto a court personally. I can't. It's hard for me to imagine myself running just generally. Right. Like I'm not really a runner. Like You're like not going to happen. You walk. Like, like the only time, like you know, you put a bus in front of me that I need to catch. I am running, but right. that's usually it. So hey, uh, I'm 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 with you. Like I definitely feel like I I would I would I would try I would get and, like, tackled so the fast. scenario. Yeah, <laughs> I would get tackled so fast. I'm just too much of a turtle. I think. Yeah, I also. I mean, I don't know. I'm. Uh, if it was like a you, baseball, you're, a, you're a lot more spry than me, yeah, Freddie. Like I think you could, you could, you could hold your own for a few seconds. I think. Okay. I think uh, I'm going down real quick, and then and it would be like a real thud, like when Embiid <laughs> hits the floor, like it's a proper thud, like everyone would hear it. <laughs> I love how you went straight to like listen. Yeah, like when, when Embiid there, hits the I floor, do run, and everyone's like, Ooh, I don't I'm at, like that's how it would sound if I hit the floor for sure. So. Okay. Okay, Maddie, what's I'm just your projecting all my own insecurities now? But yeah, <laughs> hey, I do. I, that's how I live my life. Um, <laughs> Maddie D, what's your what's your tactic? <clears throat> okay, so I'll start by saying that something that I fear a lot in life uh, are choking hazards. I don't like choking okay. hazards, especially when food is involved. Fair. So what I'm protesting here. Let me just say, I feel like I picked an insane question. So my apologies. This is an insane everybody. question. Also, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard because I'm like, who likes these things? Like, that, like there's an actual. Everybody likes opposition. it. I'm the only one protesting it. Everyone loves to choke. <laughs> well, apparently they do because down in, now fans, stay with me, down in New Orleans, the mascot is King Cake Baby. Now, what mm-hmm. is King Cake Baby? Apparently, there's a style of cake down there, and they bake a little tiny plastic baby in the middle of the cake. Mm-hmm. 
That freaks me out. Listen, fans, don't send me jawbreakers if you're a fan of me or anything. I ain't going to eat it. I don't like stuff. I don't like having to worry about plastic things in food hard enough when they're on top of cake. Is that is that real? Is that chocolate? You never know what you can eat. I don't like it. So they put sure. these little babies in. What I'm going to go and do, I'm going to pay the $500 for a parade permit in New Orleans. Okay. I'm okay. going to get the two cop escort. I'm going to dress in my own King Cake baby mascot costume. Sure. And we're going to be rolling in to the arena there in New Orleans during a game. You know, they're what? They're 2-2 right now or whatever. They're feeling good. So they're going to see, oh, here's King Cake Baby. Wait a second. King Cake Baby's already here. The real one's looking at me. I'm looking at him. And then I smash the big King Cake Baby <laughs> oh head to reveal myself. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's Seafood Guy from the boys. And then what? <laughs> This is good. This is good. Makes no sense. And no. then so I come out. I got a bag of these little babies, a bag of them. And I go, do you guys want to worry about this hazard in your food? Or do you want to put it on the top of the cake? Then everybody who's eating food at the arena, little do they know, I put a king cake baby in all the food in the arena. Someone takes a bite of their hot dogs. like There's a king cake baby in it, a pizza, a shawarma, whatever. There's a king cake baby in it. And then... Everyone's getting freaked out, and we start chanting, put it on top, put it on top. Okay. And that, that's, yeah, what, like, uh, like, yeah, Matt's protest is What like, if some of them actually choke? Oh, yeah, see, well, that's part of the hazard I'm trying to do, but I do have training in CPR, and I will save every single person in there. I'll also have a team. Just get it, you're choking to death, get in line, just get in line. Oh, just, maybe that'll be my last protest. Line. I just put one in my mouth. And choked to death and for everyone. Uh, made it a little dark, but really uh, just trying to get that uh, fake baby out of uh, the cakes. Okay, yeah. can I have? Beautiful. Can I ask some follow up questions? Sure, here? sure, yeah. So, what? Who's the seafood person? Seafood guy. Hi, I'm Matt Duncan. I played seafood guy in uh, season one of The Boys. <laughs> It's, it's a good scene. Yeah, it's a huge scene. Uh, yeah, it's about, you know, under 10 seconds. But uh, I, I do get uh, I get some comments here and there about me being seafood guy. So I'm just thinking. Are you on Cameo? Are you available on Cameo? <laughs> I'm definitely on Cameo. It is like uh, Are you really? under $10 tier. But uh, I know, you know, it keeps uh, it pays the rent, as they say. Cameo Beautiful. pays your rent? <laughs> Oh, yeah. and under yeah. five dollar tier yeah yeah well i do 600 yeah, he a day pumps them out. he pumps yeah them out. i do 600 a day it's tiring <laughs> wow uh okay this, okay this so that explains that explains okay you know what we're good i don't need to ask anymore yeah i mean <laughs> uh, okay i'm gonna give like the most docile version, version of this answer mine's you know Dressing up as the mascot, uh, so Matt did that a little bit, and or finding a way to take over like comms. So like when they show the like kiss cam, it would be like a setup thing. It would be like, okay, we're going to like you know, it seems like you're bouncing around the arena, but like I've organized like the camera crew to like do an elaborate protest. So like each different you know like group of people or like part of whatever is being protested. Oh, so that's. that's yeah, that's yeah. mine, you know, because it's like then it's seen it's in the arena. It happens too fast. People are confused. I'm sure someone like, you know, cuts the cable or whatever cord because um, that's how cameras work. Uh, 
Well, they do have cords. Okay. Um, <laughs> I almost knocked <laughs> over my laptop. Uh, this is good. Uh, yeah, so that that that's my strategy. Now, we're, okay, we're, I'm going to move on. Uh, no, this, this is, is also... Sometimes on my podcast, I'm like, man, what am I going to ask people? <laughs> hey, ask me. I'm a weirdo, you know? This just never crosses my mind, so... Hey, you know, stunts um, cross my mind. I watch a lot of Super Dave Osborne growing up. Um, <laughs> and it shows. Yeah, great show. So the, this last one... Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what di- what direction it's going to go in, but you're you're two people. I'm I'm really interested in in your respective takes. Um, maybe I'll just say mine sort of quickly in, in the framing of the question. So I wanted to ask you both: How do you feel about the Ben Simmons discourse? And I don't know. I feel like in in, in general, I I, I want to lean towards like give uh players the space uh you know for mental health like in in a real way not in a way that's like okay great you're feeling good now play and it's like well that's not how you know mental health works it's not like you know yeah whatever it's it's not a simplified issue and i think i'm bothered by the lack of nuance in media you know recently uh you know Shaq and reggie miller and other players have sort of called ben simmons out obviously stephen a smith uh, personalities like that, but yeah, he, he didn't play in, in, in game four and it seemed like maybe he was going to, um, and the, yeah, there's a, there's sort of a, like, a, a, a I guess like a shut up and play tenor to it as well as, a a genuine curiosity from my end of like, what exactly is going on here? Um, but yeah, so just with that lead in, Catherine, I want to go to you first. How do you feel about not Ben Simmons, the Ben Simmons discourse? Okay, well, that's interesting. Like, I feel like, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but I do feel like on Ben Simmons' part, there, you know, not that he owes us the public any information, but I do feel like there's been a lack of transparency um, between him and his respective teams. And I think for any human being, you know, who works for a living, if you are having mental health issues to the point where it's debilitating and you can't do your job, you need something to show that. Like you need something from a doctor or a a psychologist or something. You know what I mean? And and he isn't, to my knowledge, so please, like, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. But to my knowledge, I don't believe he's provided any of that. I think he has said that he's seeing a therapist when he was with Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, I mean, he's showing up and saying, like, oh, my back hurts. Right? It's not a doctor saying his back is whatever he can't play. Now, I do think um, mental health, anxiety issues can manifest in us physically, mm-hmm. you know, because he hasn't played. So it's like the injuries are confusing for us who don't have all the information. Right. But again, it's like you need to, I, and he doesn't owe the public that, but he needs to at least have some kind of conversation with his employer where there's some sort of, frankly, evidence that might not be right or fair, but some sort of evidence that suggests like, yeah, he really can't play because any one of us would have to do that at our jobs. We don't just get to 
tell our boss, you know, day of, hey, like my my back hurts and I haven't been in a good place mentally. I'm not going to work for the next. I mean, how many months now has it been? Right. So it's just like there needs to. It's tough because it's like I I actually do believe Ben Simmons has mental health issues. And I think um, a lot of people don't believe him. And I think that's part of the problem around his discourse. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. he he needs to, he needs to show his team something so they don't have these false expectations of him playing and then he can't do it or he doesn't want to do it or he physically yeah. can or whatever it actually is. Yeah, well said. Like, I feel like what, what exactly like, you know, the receipts of something like this, like, well, what exactly they look like? Uh, I don't know if any of us know, but I do think that you're, you know, you're, you're touching on sort of like the ambiguity I'm feeling anyways, like the, the, yeah, it just doesn't seem like anyone's on the same page and, and there's lots of frustration to go around. So I do feel like, um, yeah, there's just, I guess a lack of clarity around that. And, and, and I totally agree that the public isn't known anything. Um, you know, us as analysts, as podcasters, like we're not necessarily owed that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also, and I'm going to go to you, Katie. I think one area I'm a little bit just confused on too, is like, what is the proper steps here when, um, you know, you, your job uh, is an extremely high pressure environment. Um, and, and what is, how, how, how can, I mean, you don't have to have an answer, but like, how do we better handle that as a, as a public, as a fan, as a, you know, um, you know, as the people running the organization, like what, what is the best way to approach that? But yeah. How do you feel Katie about like, you know, the discourse and in general? I mean, I think it's definitely shown that um, we're not collectively very good at processing (laughs) mental health, like uh, in, in, not just athletes, but I think people that are in a certain spotlight and kind of hoisted up to mm-hmm. a certain like sense of maybe public proprietary, you know, ness, mm-hmm. um, like, like athletes kind of fall into, because I think there's a Freddie, like you hit on this a little bit earlier, but there's like a sense of a timeline. It's like, yeah, okay. We kind of accept what you're saying up to a point. And, and I think for Ben Simmons, that was up to the trade getting out of Philly. And I think everyone collectively agreed that was a situation went on too long. It really dragged out. Uh, But it like, maybe as soon as he got out of there, like he would miraculously, you know, just like do a total 180. And I mean, that was pretty laughable to me because as anyone who's been in a shitty work (laughs) experience or like had a shitty job in their life uh, that they either left or was like, you know, got fired from or whatever, uh, it does stick with you for quite a while after, depending on sure. like, the nature of the job and, you know, what mm. you went through there. Could be traumatizing. Um, yeah, exactly. It's not it's certainly a weight is lifted when you're out of a, a toxic environment, but it stays with you. And I, I also do think that <clears throat> there's a lot that we always have to remind ourselves that we don't know about. So I agree with both of you. I don't think Ben Simmons need to disc- needs to disclose anything publicly. Like no one is owed that. But I think that also goes back to the sense of ownership of athletes because they are such public personas. We and like the discourse really encourages that. This this like breaking down in of like such minute things like day in day out. Like the discourse never stops about anything. So certainly like the churn doesn't stop 
this. I do know that, and I was surprised by this, but he did have to, there, there was like a new story about this too. I don't mean like, I know <laughs> I got the tip. Whoa, Katie's breaking news. <laughs> but like, he did have to have an epidural, like for some of like the back problems that he was yeah. having fairly recently. So, you know, <clears throat> that's pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more than enough evidence that these aren't like psychosomatic, like back yeah, pains yeah. that he's having. And I do think, you know, as you both said, those can be exacerbated. Um, if you are in a bad place mentally, you know, so I also actually want to say, I think there's too many people involved because when you break it down to like clutch, you know, like his agency, uh, and then like PR on the team side, uh, mm-hmm. and like, I'm sure just like Ben Simmons's camp, which like includes quite a lot of people. Yeah. Ben Simmons sort of gets swallowed up in all of that. I don't know why the people around him have kind of, if there was a sense that he was going to play and that was his decision and he said, okay, I feel ready. That's one thing. But I have a kind of the sense of the waffling of like just the optics of wanting to have him there has sort of hurt him even more. I think it might've been better right. for him to just like not be present. I know right. there's a sense of like, well, where are you? Why aren't you showing up for your teammates? But like what we've already seen from the nets, like pretty distinctly is like, this is a team that is lacking chemistry in the sense that it's a team of individuals mm-hmm. who haven't actually gelled as a team yet that's not on anyone's person's shoulders that's something they've got to sort of figure out but that's also like a question of like can you build super teams like that anymore you know it's maybe not the best way to do it mm-hmm. it's getting a little off topic but no, i don't no, know i, I think, think the cohesion <laughs> and dysfunction is is a big part of this sorry yeah no i just um i don't like the discussion but it is also I'm not like some people are seem to be so sick of it. I'm not because I think it's interesting. Um, and it just shows how imperfect and bad we still are at having these conversations. Um, and I think, you know, they're not going to go away. <laughs> right. Like I think in sports, you kind of get used to things um, clarifying themselves, like mm-hmm. win losses, everything's very like, you know, quarters <laughs> analytics, like everything can be very cut and dry and neat um, and you know, these are people at the end of the day and nothing is really neat about that. Right. Like, especially when stuff kind of carries over onto the floor. So I don't know. I, I hope he has a good restful off season. Um, I hope he comes back if he feels like he can come back ready to play. Um, I imagine this is something we're going to hear about what actually happened, you know, maybe a few years down the road, maybe sooner than that. Like this stuff has a way of getting out. Maybe Ben Simmons will come out and talk about it. Mm. I doubt it. Doesn't seem he also it seems like the just the shyest, quietest guy. So that's tough too when you add it into yeah. the mix. But I don't know. The discourse uh, it it ranges from intriguing to just like awful. <laughs> yeah, well said. Like you know, just that last part, like intriguing to awful. I you know, as you were as you were saying that, I feel like. There's even some physical um, examples like, you know, I I think Raptors fans know the Kawhi scenario so well, you know, particularly after he came to Toronto. But with San Antonio, there was a lot of, uh, you know, I guess like uh, disagreement on on his physical ability. And like, I think as as a fan that watched Kawhi in in Toronto is sort of like, I don't know, to me, it was very clear that he wasn't all the way healthy 
And, you know, there was a certain amount of listening to his body that San Antonio wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, I I don't think the NBA or the, or the public of the NBA has a, a good recent or, you know, long history of, of trusting an athlete when they say that they're not doing well. Um, You know, yeah. I mean, you know, Simone Biles comes to mind. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like an athlete once they put themselves out there and they say like, you know, I'm not like, this isn't something's not right. Royce white as well. um, In the NBA, it's sort of like, it hits this, like it grinds to a halt. It's like, okay. Yeah. We know you're not right but push through. And mm-hmm. I think that some, some situations the, that like almost it breaks, the, it blows up the whole situation because it's like, you can't push through certain things and what those things are, you know, Katie, you said too, like, um, yeah, not everyone, you know, fits into like a, a time 12 minute quarter sort of thing, or not every injury has a, Look at Victor Oladipo. Like, yeah, you know, not every injury has like a, a very straightforward trajectory. And and I think we we should get to a place where where we understand that a bit more with mental health. Um, but yeah, it's like it's sort of it sort of dissolves in the discourse. But um Catherine? No, I was just gonna oh. say, like, um like with Simone Biles and uh Naomi Osaka, like when they've come out and talked about their own mental health issues. I mean, it's different because they compete as individuals and then right. they drop and then they'll drop out of yeah. a particular tournament and mm-hmm. then they don't get paid. Right? So it's like I think with Ben Simmons, it's like the issue around pay is like all another layer to to all of this. Right, and the bargaining and all that. Yeah, like like what 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 part of this is an injury and what part of this is his refusal to play and all of that discourse too. It's just, I'm just commenting to add that that's a whole other layer. No, totally in the arbitration and like all all the stuff. Like I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a convoluted thing. And anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you both on and, and, and talk about it. I really appreciate you both. And yeah, I I think that's, that's it for the pod, but um, yeah, we could do a whole hour just on know, that topic. Right? Yeah. And and just on protests. And just on slime. <laughs> yeah, and on slime. Yeah. Um, this is great. Yeah, thank you both so much. Um, Catherine, uh, let me go to you first. What's up? What do you want to let people know? Um, where can they find you? All that good stuff. Yeah, uh, I do a show here weekly with Raptors Republic. Uh, we try to put out episodes on Friday, which is half NBA, half Raptors. And uh, Freddie and I do our WNBA pod, The Pickup. Um, we've really dived into the whole Brittany Griner case, if you're curious about that and want to learn more about that. Um, it's a very uh, open and friendly podcast for new WNBA fans, so feel free to join in. New season starts May 6th. Really excited for that. And uh, as far as like anything else I'm doing, shows, et cetera, uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Catherine. Um, Katie, what's up? Where, where can people find you? <laughs> what do you what do you want to let them know? Um, well, I I also I'll, I wrote something about uh, Brittany Griner um, and the situation, uh, like the ongoing situation. That I think I agree with both of you very much that there should be more conversation around that. But I wrote uh, more of like a historical reporting on the history of 
underpaying women and what that does in terms of forcing them, Mm -hmm. you know, in the case of WNBA athletes to play overseas and just like this in a historical context, basically, uh, and looked at some other examples of other women's sports. Um, But that's on a website called Music Movies and Hoops. I also recently wrote two features for Dime uh, on Uprock. So the first to guess is kind of a joke, Um, but I was really obsessed with Draymond Green said something in a post-game presser uh, last week about certain guys you think are guys are not actually guys. So I dove into... <laughs> who's, like that, who's a capital G guy? Yeah, what's a guy? Yeah. And what's the differentiation? You know. Yeah. Uh, and then I also wrote a feature on Luke Bonner, who is you may be familiar if you're a Raptors fan with his brother Matt Bonner, who used to play for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Luke was a college player, and then he launched a company about a, a year ago called Power Forward. That's kind of like an online. Um, basically he started it because he wanted to put money back in the pockets of athletes selling merch. Uh, but they've actually undergone a really interesting pivot where they're all in on the women's game now. And that's where they're focusing all of their energy. So they've done things like bought season ticket, uh, season courtside seats in every WNBA market. And they're giving those out to members of their community. Uh, they have a lot of really cool projects coming up with WNBA players. Uh, they're launching like a whole suite of NFTs. Um, and I just, wanted to talk to him about why they made the pivot little spoiler alert is because he said they just like working with WNBA players the most, <laughs> but there's a lot more to it. So that's a, uh, that's on time too. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, um, make sure to follow both these, uh, these good folks and, and check out their work and support them. And um, yeah, thanks for supporting us and appreciate everybody. And um, I'll also say uh, thank you, Maddie, for uh, being great and uh, such a fun person to work with. And Maddie, (laughs) if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Just give me those delicious words. Okay. Okay. Listen to the Confederacy of Dunks exclusively on the Rapcast. 